0: Greetings, and welcome to the Lotus Flower Podcast. I am your host, Reverend Dr. Pamela Robinson, and my co-host is Reverend Curtis L. Robinson, Sr. The aim of the Lotus Flower Podcast is to educate, empower, and equip our listening audience with culturally relevant spiritually uplifting, thought-provoking topics. The podcast audience is generally made up of affluent, educated millennials ages 25 and up. However, our targeted population is African Americans, Hispanics, people of color, low- to moderate-income populations, single-parenting households, and disenfranchised people. All adults are welcome to partake in the podcast. It doesn't matter the person's social economic status, race, creed, nor educational background, religious affiliation, or lack thereof. As long as you have an interest in respectfully learning about African-American culture, race, relationships, and history, then you are more than welcome to join us for the Lotus Flowered podcast. And we are happy to let you know that we are now streaming also on YouTube at the Emerging Hope Ministries channel. And we are streaming on our platforms via audio through Spotify, RSS feed, Wix.com, Google Podcasts, Reason podcast and Amazon podcast. So you have a variety of platforms whereby you can listen to this cutting edge relevant podcast from, you know, the lotus flower itself is a flower that's signified uh, with purity, inner strength and tranquility. That is what our lotus flower in our logo represents. It represents a flower that's blooming and blossoming in adversity and the flower that blooms in adversity is the greatest of them all. You know there's a scripture in the Bible in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 that lets us know that therefore if any man be in Christ he is a new creation. Old things are passed away and behold all things become new. That is what this podcast represents, newness, blooming and blossoming and reaching to the potential that the Lord Jesus Christ created you to reach before the foundation of the world. So we want you to know to join us for this podcast and let others know that the Lotus Flower Podcast is airing so that you can help us reach our goal of one thousand subscribers by the end of June. We also want you to know that we are super excited to have now ads that are running on our podcast. Yes, we have three advertisements that are running on the podcast. Be sure to frequent those businesses when you see their ads coming across this podcast platform thank you all for joining us today today we have a very special guest with us and i am super excited that when i reached out and invited her to be a part of this podcast she said yes right away and i thought to myself that was nothing but the lord so thank god for miss Cheryl and hayman I'm going to read a bit of her bio before we start. Growing up, I seemed average, just sewing and changing McCall's sewing and using McCall's simplicity and Butterwick patterns was something that I enjoyed doing. After graduating from Thomas A. Edison High School in Fresno, California, my goal was to attend college. I completed three semesters at California State University and friends know, and found that it was not for me as the required general education classes were just that, general. The university fashion classes seemed elementary and I wasn't challenged, so I moved on. Thank God for wise counsel, which came through my aunt, Bertha Parker, of Pasadena, California. She told me about fashion college. I moved to Southern California to attend Los Angeles Trade Technical College and another world opened up to me. I loved it and exceeded with my courses. After earning an associates of arts fashion degree, I completed another arts fashion degree And I completed two-year course study at Los Angeles Trade Technical College to receive a completion certificate in tailoring. As I began my business career in the Los Angeles apparel industry, I continued to educate myself when possible, completing the UCLA Extension course, all about business of apparel manufacturing and marketing in 1991, The world changed again at this time in pattern making in 1994. Though present, I completed training at the Gerber garment technology course for apparel computer specialists to operate silhouette and pattern design systems. Successfully completed several courses and training that were designed for computer Patternize making. My career. My career started when I was hired as a first pattern maker for Outreach of California. My career home began at El Corral Industries while I worked over 17 years. My business. I'm extremely thankful for my mother Juanita Ashley. She introduced me to sewing by helping me to make choir uniforms for our church. Through my own business, I've been able to use my talent for the creator to help with, to help clothe his people. By Cheryl Ann Apparel, LLC, makes clothes for all occasions, from custom fitted jeans, bags, costumes, uniforms, choir robes, clergy robes, prom dresses to wedding gowns, providing pattern service, sample development, and and duplicates to fashion designers who need assistance with developing their fashion collections. Achievements and interests. The Heyman Scholarship Fund 501 nonprofit was established in August of 1998 by Cheryl, Melanie, and Alicia Heyman warmly known as the Heyman sisters. We want to encourage youth to excel and help students with no dependence entering into a university, college or vocational program. We simply show that we care, share some wise counsel and help financially where a little assistance is needed. It has been a blessing and a joy to share our knowledge and wealth, our model is simply, it's your life. We're just here to assist you with it. Miss Cheryl Heyman. Hey. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast. I've got to let my audience know just a little secret here. Okay. My last name, uh, maiden last name is happens to be Heyman. And Miss Cheryl's last name happens to be Heyman. So we were both uh, on Facebook and we were looking on Facebook and I think she must have noticed my last name was Heyman, probably somewhere on, on my page. And then I definitely noticed her last name of Heyman. So I figured, man, she may be related to me. So I just reached out to her one day. I said, I'm going to reach out and ask her if she knows some of my relatives by their last name and first names. And she said, well, I possibly do. And we kind of told each other where our relatives originated from. And most of them, some of them came from Georgia and Arkansas, some of the southern states, and some are in California. So to this day, we don't know for sure if we're don't related. Know. <laughs> but we are yet investigating that. Yes, we are. Yes, out, And we are both perplexed. And we've got to find that answer out. So- I'm sure we will. So for now, today, I am going to go ahead and say, this is my cousin. Hey, cousin. (laughs) Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. You're welcome.
1: I love the design behind you. Did you make some of the things that are behind you? Every single thing. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm in my studio right now. So yes. Oh, very. Did you make your outfit as well? Yes. Yes. And this is my logo. Oh, let's see that. You, you, me, we. That is nice. Tell me yeah. what that mean. What does that mean? You. Okay. So, in the uh, apparel industry, and when you're making garments, you know you have a size range. So we'll make say one base pattern. And then we send it for grading that's going, grading down and grading up in the sizes. So small, medium, large are the base sizes that people know. So I have simply named my uh, sizes. So me is the medium, you is the small, we is the large. And then I have a modified base size, modified starting point um, because our people or people like me um, compact uh, people uh, with a meat on the bones, we tend to have more uh, thighs, larger thighs, larger buttocks and larger waist. But that does not necessarily mean that we are a plus size person. Um, it just means our starting point is, is, is different. So working in the garment industry for super many years, I developed my own size scale, which I call you, me, we.
0: Plus. I, like, I like that I like that and then the, <laughs> and then the uh, the, the ladies all oh, different sizes yes. that's really nice yeah and I this like
1: graphic that. is by Terry Denham Terry Denham that's very yeah. nice very nice. Yeah. So tell us a
0: little bit more I know your your bio is just excellent and the things that you've done and accomplished in out your life has just been wonderful. Well, so uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your yourself and we'll start there.
1: Okay, well, um, from the bio, uh, you can see that I was raised in Fresno, California, but I was born in uh, Long Beach, California. So in telling about myself, I have to tell a little bit about my parents, you know. And so um, uh, our father, O.C. Heyman, was uh, in the Navy in Long Beach. And um, uh, so that's where I was born. And then um, mom moved to uh, the Central Valley, uh, Fresno, California. And I was raised there. So, um, in as far as knowing my purpose, um, I learned that pretty early. What I because I believe your purpose is what you're doing, um, and it may not be a a lifelong thing. It may be at a particular time. But with me, I I have had this. A uh, feeling that I needed to uh, be making clothing. And it's been with me. So it has turned uh, the crafting or whatever has turned into my career, has turned into uh, urgency in me to um, want to teach it to, to other people, educate our community. But I raised with um, a mother, two sisters, uh, making sure that we had uh, the creator as the lead in our life. So the church world was uh, primary and everything was around that. So if mom uh, needed help uh, making those choir robes and choir choir dresses mostly, um, I was there to help her. And um, it, it, um, it fascinated me. And seeing the different sizes, we could actually, say, if mom was had a a pattern modified and laid out um, on the floor, because they used to do the long dresses and women were larger back then, we could tell by looking at the cutout whose dress it was. We thought, oh, that's Sister McGrew's dress. And that's Sister Graham's dress. Sister Graham was tall. Sister McGrew had that shape. And some had big arms. I mean, big arms and so mother used to modify patterns and that's where I got it from I watched her and um I took I took it on and it just became a part of me and Mm -hmm. it has developed into my career
0: that is that is fascinating so how young were you when you first started wanting to uh design and and do Mm -hmm. that
1: seven six or seven yeah, so and I say children know early kind of what they want to do, mm-hmm. like uh, the playing of house, the playing with dolls, the ones that's playing with clothes. Yeah. You know, you see children uh, wanting to be in the dirt, some want to be in water, some you know that's a part of. Um, we kind of get away from that because we think it's the childhood thing, but right. it really is your purpose is building in you, right? It's help. It's starting to develop. But society, you know, has us think that, you know, to make money, we may have to go in a certain way. And then sometimes parents think, oh, that artsy thing, you might not be able to take care of yourself with that. But I think you have to um, find a way to have your purpose be a part of your daily life, some sort of way, some sort of way.
0: And then you really fulfill your God-given calling For even in your career itself, absolutely you don't have to go to a mundane job day in and day out and really just despise what you're doing. Yes, you right. probably don't even see this as, as, as a job, it's probably if you see it as something you
1: just love, yeah, exactly. And that is exactly the point. I love it so much that when you get the paycheck, it's like that's just you know takes you over the top. It's like, oh, I'll get paid for this. Because, you know, sometimes in our industry, there have been highs and lows and I have been unemployed from time to time. And, uh, but still working in the creative, still making a pattern, still uh, trying to learn more about uh, the industry that I'm a part of, you know?
0: Yes. Now I'm going to go back to what you were saying about the little children when they're like mm-hmm. seven years old and little kids around that age, a little bit older, finding out what their purpose is now it is important at that time that we have an adult to speak into our lives to, to assure us that it is okay this is your they may not they may not have those those words to say right okay, mm-hmm. this is your purpose but they could have said this is something that you enjoy doing and i'm going to help you with it and we're going to work together and they would yes. be encouraging and they would let you sit with them and watch them if do what they were doing. Like you said, your mom was mm-hmm. pe- cutting patterns and making those dresses and yeah, whatnot. Yeah. So I just wanted our listening audience to know that those young people that are in your lives right now, your very children, your nieces, nephews, grandkids, your students or yeah. kids yourself, if you come across this, don't despise the day of small beginnings. Yes. Because you're young and you're starting off small, you could have a piece of paper and you could be cutting this into a paper dowel. Yes. But that paper dowel could actually become something that is your destiny. That could become a pattern and the pattern could bloom and blossom into what Ms. Shura yes. here has become, a fashion designer. So yes. you've got to have someone to speak into
1: your life and right. especially when you're young, you need that guidance. Absolutely, absolutely. Sounds like and the guidance for me also came um, not only from my mother, but from my Aunt Bertha, who um, who uh, mentioned she lives in Pasadena, California. She actually, uh, I have the telegram of uh, that Aunt Bertha sent to our father, O.C., who was uh, on the USS Henderson at the time. I have the telegram of my birth, that, um, birth So she's other people in your life and even, um, uh, school recreational people. I know back yes. in my day, they used to have all these summer classes used to be for fun classes. Yes. And so uh, we would go to the sewing classes, the cooking classes, and even had choir. And yes. so things that help develop you, but if you don't get those things in, um, say in your, uh, in your school, yes. um, then it's up to parents to seek out what the young people seem to be liking That's right. um, and find find classes somewhere, you know, for yeah, them. Right. That is
0: exactly right. And that yeah. is what we want parents to know that are listening, as Ms. Cheryl said, if you don't have it in your schools, because right now, most of the schools all over the country, they don't offer HOMEC anymore. Right. Sewing and cooking and shop, yeah. shop yeah. and all of that. So it is up to the parent to go ahead and seek those things out, and also the parents that could might say, "I'm a single mom, and I only have a limited amount of income." I want you to know there are scholarships available that your child could attend these classes. Miss Cheryl and her sisters created
1: scholarship. Absolutely, about your scholarship that you all created. So what we what we found. as as a group, the sisters, the Heyman sisters, we were wondering why it seemed like the young people, we always seem to be focused on the young people because so much was given to us as young people. So many people reached out to us. And so we always had our eye on the young people. And, but we were wondering why they graduate from high school, don't seem to go on to college or graduate from college without, before becoming parents. So parenthood, that we know at the church we belong to. Parenthood was starting early before the education, uh, higher education was finished. And so we, we just wondered, what's this about? Is there something that we can do to try to encourage the young people, maybe start with them from age maybe seven, eight, and see if we can follow them through high school and help motivate them to uh, Enroll in college, whether it be a university, a trade, a, a trade school, or um, some sort higher education, and graduate before yeah, becoming graduate. parents. So our stipulation is mm-hmm. no dependence.
2: Okay,
1: we'll still love you. We mm-hmm. will still love you if mm-hmm. you bring um, a, a, a child into the world, mm-hmm. but your financial ties with Heyman Scholarship Fund end. As soon
0: as you know. I see. I yeah. understand. Yeah. That, that's important because it makes them accountable. That's
1: right.
0: You got to right. be held accountable. If you're never held accountable to anything, you'll probably do anything.
1: Yes, yes. And
0: all. So that that is huge. Now, tell me, did you have some uh, young people that
1: a- that were able to meet that stipulation? Oh, absolutely. Our The Hayman Scholarship Fund has been... Let's see. I think it was 1999 that we uh, established the scholarship fund and became a 501c3 a couple of years after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, we we've had I don't even know how many students, but uh, we we start with the the initial thing was girls. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our focus was girls yes. um, because they're the ones that will be carrying the child, right? Right. But we. We noticed that the boys were seem to be a bit more interested in um, really hanging with our requirements because we we touch bases. We need to know uh, what we're paying for. So we want to help you with your books. But you have to write down, you have to tell us, you have to fill out the form, the questionnaire that we have. And I I have a sister, Elisa, who actually. Uh, been working at ucla dealing with this very thing in administration at ucla so she was uh, key to having things a certain way and we're accountable to the government to the state for so we have to have documentation so um but the the young men they really stuck with our program and um and that's that's key also because it takes male and female uh, nice. to bring that child in the world. So yes, they stuck with us. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's yeah. good. And then
0: then the parents, were were the, that you um, meet any of the parents or were the
1: parents ever involved uh, oh. in the process? Or how <laughs> this is start? how we deal with parents. <laughs> okay. okay. We don't. Okay. We have the initial meeting with the parents so we can let the parents know that we no longer want your input. Okay. It's time for your child to become independent of you, okay. Parents and mostly mothers mm-hmm. seem to hold on a little bit too tightly. I, I hate to say it, mm-hmm. ladies. Okay, you all hang on a little bit too tightly to your children. And I think because my sisters and I, none of us have children, that we could see that they needed to the uh, young people, the youth needed to have a little bit more independence because we're thinking about these are going to become the men, the, the, the women of our, our society. Right. Um, they need to learn and get within themselves how to do this uh, a little bit on their own. Exactly. And so we don't deal with the parents after right. um, our first initial meeting. Oh my We deal God. directly with the young people.
0: That is huge. That yeah. is huge. And, and it's definitely true. That we hold on to those children really tight, especially uh, children from those single parent homes when they just have the mom or they might have the dad or it could be grandma raising them. We Mm -hmm. just hold on to them because, you know, it's like we got to protect them. We got to make sure that they, they don't get into trouble. And the same goes for two parent households. We're not knocking those either. Right. But I know from being a single mom years ago how I must admit that I was one that held on too tight. Yeah. Right, and just sheltered them so that when they did get out into the world, they weren't at. They were prepared, but they mm-hmm. weren't prepared to deal with the viciousness of the world. Yes, they yes. were a little bit green, a little bit more naive than, yes. than most others because. Yes, of
1: it. yes. Mm-hmm. and with um our my sister Elisa being at UCLA and having you know the world there yes. and seeing some of our uh the young um, black students um she's like oh no they they need they need a boost they they need a boost they need to speak let the people be able to hear what you're saying don't be mumbling and have your head you know and carry yourself carry yourself like you care about yourself that's that's important to us
2: yeah
0: so
1: we just feel compelled to assist you know (laughs) that's right and i i love the
0: what the idea that you, you're you're looking at the at them in a holistic way. Mm-hmm. You're telling them about their their inner spirit. You're telling them about their outer uh, way to hold themselves and be confident. You're encouraging yeah. them to delay the gratification of early child of having a child early prior to marriage. You're telling them about the holistic picture, and and not only just getting your education. But how do we get our whole life together, and then move forward and actually bring another life into the world if you choose to? Yes, You'll do it yes. in such a way where you may be a little more ready and more prepared, right, to bring someone into this world that needs to really be strong these days and resilient. Yes. Talk about that lotus flower being able to push beyond that adversity. We see all that goes on in our world, especially. For people of color, that you've yes. got to be tough. You've got yes. to be able to come from under some adverse situations and still press on and yes. bloom and blossom. And that's yes. for all people, not just people yes. of color, but especially for people of color. We've experienced that, and so I I pride you on thank on you. what you're doing and taking a stand to bring thank you so much. much. People to stand. Now we also we want to talk about. How do you encourage uh, our queens, I, our queens, through your um, Cheryl Lynn's Queen
1: Project? So this is something brand new for me. I developed this idea based on uh, things that I was doing with my mother, and so she seems. Mother seems to be a, a focal focal point a, around my life. You know, um, it seems like I am her.
0: Okay. <laughs> tell me what do you mean by that what do you mean by that
1: i do i do a lot of things that she did you know sewing uh i directed the choir mother plays the piano um mother is short mother is um i look like her Uh, Mm -hmm. out of the three her three daughters i look the most like her Mm um her, her some of her demeanor is like it just seems like Sometimes you know you just you walk by a mirror or something and it's like you, you double tape. It's like Hi. oh I look just yeah. like mama, you know. <laughs> but her and her energy, she's um she's very vibrant, except for uh now. Uh she's 82 now, and so she she has slowed down. But um I'm sorry, I got I, I felt like I got myself a little off track. What was your Girl, question? Well, you're
0: fine. We're gonna come back. I was asking you about about why did you say that, that you were, you know, you were like a figment of your mom. And that was going to bring us right on back to you. Into the the Queens project. Yeah. But I did want our audience to know that there are women out there listening that's thinking that, you know, the older I get, the more I seem like I'm turning into my mom. The principles she taught me and the things (laughs) that she did and the way she held herself, I'm turning into my mom. So I didn't want to miss that nugget. Okay. But we're going to come back to what we were talking about with the Queen Project because your mom has made you a queen.
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. And in in mom's home, everything is centered around our Heavenly Father. And so as mother, as the leader in her home, she was the queen. And so when I think about... um, Women now, I want to help bring that out because you know how we're social media driven these days, um, and you see things, and you're like, "Oh, I wonder why they don't change their picture," or um, some things seem a little humdrum. I, and then sometimes I hate, you know, you you hate to say this, but sometimes you, uh, when there's a funeral, yeah. and you um, you get the program, and then there's a picture from so many years ago and I, I would always think I know there are no current current pictures. What yeah. just all these old old pictures. People are doing better now. But it used to be that there would be these old old pictures and it's like they don't have any more pictures, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like I, I know I've seen them look different, you know, especially like, you know, Sundays. There's people right. oh,
0: yeah. uh, in our community, yes, really
1: dress up. Yeah. But with, with my Queens project, I I have a certain way and I have a certain spirit about uh, the culture of our people that I want to see uh, women um, just just emulate. And feel mm-hmm. something inside, feel their spirit being lifted.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, some may know that they're a queen and have have a firm rule. Yes. but it's not necessarily royal and right. regal. Right. I want to see that
0: now. Now, when you say royal, royal and real, I regal. have. I I have. And what? And regal. Regal. When I have. I have in front of me a, a bowl and it's a golden. See that golden bowl. It's beautiful. Isn't that pretty? Yes. And that is pretty jewel in yes. there. When you look at that, Miss Cheryl, would you say that I see royalty? I see something that's beautiful and regal. Yes,
1: absolutely. Now just imagine that on your head. Yes. Mm-hmm. That I I bet you you would sit up straighter. Right. I bet you that shoulder will come forward. That's right,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that glow from inside will just be beaming on up. That's right.
0: In relation to liking that to something like this, because yes. we are visual people, we can mm-hmm. visualize your words through looking yes, at. Yes, I can see. I can see. I can see that royalty here. <laughs> I can see this is so regal, and, and it is beautiful. Let me let let you in on a little secret. Yes. Me and Miss Cheryl, we're going to let everybody in, the thousands of listeners. (laughs) Okay. Now, in order for this beautiful pot of jewels to become all colorful and shiny and, oh, it's just a beautiful piece, it had to go through something. This thing, in order to be made, it had to start off as these fine little grains, like sand. Mm Yeah, And the sand didn't have any color to it. Then they had to take the sand and run it through this really hot oven and make it really into fine. a liquid. And then they took the liquid and they cooled it. They shaped it first and, ah. then, and then they cooled it down and they shaped yes. it into this pretty little piece of glass and they added ah. the color to make it all these different colors like that. You might say, well, how do you know that Dr. Pamela? Because see, years ago, my kids took a glass making class. on. Oh, great. As a single mom looking for things for them to do to enhance their summers, Mm -hmm. they were able to get a scholarship whereby we started a scholarship program for single moms and they learned about that process. The reason wow. I brought that out is because it goes along with what you're saying about bringing out that queen in a person. Yes. The person might start out, you know, as a little girl and without direction and mm-hmm. then she may go on in life and get a little lost in life. You know, get a little lost there and not know her value, not know that she is a queen inside. Yeah. But it took Miss Cheryl and her sisters, if they're working with you on your project, to tell them that, yes, you might have started off as sand, didn't have any color, didn't have any shape, thought you were ugly, devoid of ever becoming anything beautiful like this. But you took your Encouraging Queens project and you brought out the inner beauty of that person and when the inner
1: beauty comes out guess what the outer beauty comes out as well absolutely it does absolutely so what i want to do with that outer beauty is i want to take a snapshot of it yeah i want to and i want to i want you to frame it so with my project what i do is i make pieces and i actually of clothing and i give the pieces to uh senior ladies right now my focus is senior ladies um and women of our community so I give them those pieces have them take a picture with COVID and uh and you know location um so I'll mail a garment to you have you where your favorite spot whatever it is it can be your queen I have a chair a cozy chair that I call my queen's chair so Mm -hmm. it can be it can be in your dining room where you have your coffee it can be on your on your uh where you put your feet up and, and get some of that uh, sunshine. It could yes. be anywhere you choose that is you know your favorite spot or a, a spot that's convenient for you. Take a picture of yourself or have someone take a picture of yourself. And then I want to ask you a few questions. I, I want to ask you a couple of questions. I want to know, how did you get here? I want to know a little bit about your family. I want to know uh, where you've been and where you think you're going.
2: Okay. Because
1: we have to... Um, we have to think about the past so we can move forward into the future. Yes. And then we hear right now, today is today. That's where we are,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: you, where your feet are planted, you right. know, um, make it your your queendom, your kingdom, you know, yes. make it the best that it can be. Have that beautiful uh, goblet bowl there and um, fill it with things that make you happy. Those colors make me happy. Those colors look like all the colors that I have in my studio. Yes, they know? do. And um, why don't you name some
0: things that if this was a bowl of happiness for Miss Cheryl, mm-hmm. what might the first thing be that brings happiness to you?
1: The sunshine.
0: Okay. How about how about this one? Fabric. And how about this one? It would have to be cotton. And let's do two more. How about This
1: one, um, that color is kind of bland to me. It's I'm not pulling anything from it. Say if you
0: didn't go with the color itself, but just name something that brings you happiness. A flower. And how about this very last one here? If you like
1: it, that oh, that now, oh, that color, that color is just royal. Just the color itself makes
0: me happy. Okay. (laughs) Just the blue color itself. So I would imagine you might have uh, several things of blue around your studio. I do. I do. Mm -hmm. Yes. And this beautiful world blue, that is just a beautiful color. Yes. You said this brings you happiness, just the colors themselves and all. Yes. And that's true. People see things like this and it just really will enlighten their lives and just really bring joy to them so I would imagine when you said you have them take a picture in their favorite place you send them that that outfit and they put it on and they're they're just clothed with beauty at that time yes yes. and it becomes about I love the word you use about their queendom I love that word Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's not that we're doing it in vain oh no not vain it is because it is okay to build yourself up. You, you have, have to. Yes. You and, have if, to.
1: And what if you don't do why? it, who's mm-hmm. going to do it? Mm-hmm. You That's go, we go out into the, uh, the community, the world, um, mostly still working you, you, amongst people who don't have your best interests at heart, but want to use your skills that for them to make money. So, you know, we're, we're, it's, it's a harsh atmosphere sometimes in the workplace and women deal seems like to me better with the workplace than men. I, I noticed that um, some of the men, um, they're quicker, I'll just say quicker than women to uh, leave a workplace, but women mostly are thinking about their children more so, you know, to feed them. Um, That's right. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And they are when they think along those lines about their children, just to feed the children and whatnot, sometimes in life, they lose themselves in doing that.
1: Yes, yes. That's why I am so encouraging of uh, women to um, have some happy time for themselves. Yes, you know, go go somewhere by yourself, go meet your girlfriend somewhere. Um, go have some coffee, ice cream, whatever, whatever um, pleases you. And um, the children will be okay.
0: Yes, that's right. That's right. That's right. Well, um, also, I wanted to transition a little bit more Mm -hmm. back to when you said helping the creator clothe the world i want to talk about a little bit about the yesteryear and the things that we did when sewing years and years ago i think it's just so significant because we lose track of the value of our history and how we used to do things Mm -hmm. now years ago you and i know we're two um middle-aged women we know that um when people would sew like you said they would make their own patterns. They actually had, they women that didn't have a lot of money and things that resources mm-hmm. at home, they would literally take a piece of paper. A paper know, bag? Paper, or a paper bag, a brown paper mm-hmm. bag. Yeah. And they would take that paper bag and they would take something and like this and they would yeah. literally trace that onto the paper mm-hmm. or they would use their natural eye. And right. They would take their eye gate and they would just trace out what they thought that pattern shape should be and they would cut it out and then they would lay it on some, on a piece of, of, a piece of cloth and they would trace around that and cut it out and they would use their pins and pin it together and they would go through the whole process. Yeah. Yes. Now I watch my, some of my relatives do that as well. Now, Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk a little bit about that because when we spoke a few days ago, you said, yes, I started out doing that and now it evolved to something else. So that's what I wanted you to tell our audience how, yes, it started off that way. Absolutely. Yes. If you can talk to us a little bit about how it did start off, but
1: now where it has actually evolved. It's evolved because of the uh, great home training that I had um, from my mother you know, seeing her uh, expanding patterns. Um, at that point, mother's using store-bought patterns that she had to cut and um, add on to widen and um, make bigger for the, for the larger arms and um, uh, our body types. Um, I naturally took a liking to that manipulation that pattern manipulation that's what pattern making is so you take a uh some some type of uh, from your imagination or from a picture or a a previous garment um you can take it trace it out um, make a pattern on paper but now we are making those same type of patterns in the computer and so we're going into Well, we've been doing that uh, for a very, very long time. I actually had my first uh, computerized pattern uh, training back in 1994. The industry is shifting again to where the patterns now are, we know so much about patterns, so we made so many patterns, so we have a stock of patterns. So it's no need to really start all over every time. So you have um, patterns that are sort of like, Automated and a uh, a new a company that I'm working with called Tuka Tech and actually where I am in Inglewood this is the Tuka Center Inglewood so by Sherland Training Center so I am teaching training uh, people designers pattern makers whoever wants to learn more about the apparel industry I am um, I'm teaching training here in Inglewood, i now incorporating the Tuca Tech program um, into my, into my training. Oh, that's amazing. That
0: is Mm -hmm. amazing.
1: Tell me a little bit about what, what does that entail? What it entails is say, if you would take a piece of paper, like we were talking about, you you were talking about, um, and you would take a pencil, right, a ruler and some measurements and say, say, let's just make a, a, a triangle, right? Yes. So we're just gonna take. We have a start point, and we have a, the next point. We move up to this point up here, and then down to this point, right? We just did that with our pencil, yes, our ruler, because everything has to be straight, <laughs> right?
2: yeah So
1: just imagine that on your computer screen. You're now using your. I just happen to have my mouse right here. Okay. I hope nothing moves. Now you're making that triangle with your mouse.
2: Oh, my. And it's
1: showing up on your computer screen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can now take that triangle and what you call, plot it out. It's a large printer. And then that's your pattern. Oh my.
2: So instead
1: of taking, having the physical pencil, the physical paper, you now are using your mouse, your computer, and a printer Oh my! to get that pattern
0: look at that. Would would you say it's, it's, um, how has it enhanced pattern making?
1: Okay. So the enhancement is like it on the physical body pattern making is, it's a little hard because most of the companies are, uh, warehouses, cement floors. And so you have to get a cushion. We do a lot of standing. So you have to get a cushion rubber, like, um, mat yeah but you're standing on your feet all day and mm-hmm. i'm sure so tables are where i come to hear on me so you're leaning you're leaning over you're uh, you're making these patterns large you're you're cutting with your scissors and um all that physicalness about it is eliminated because now you're just you're just sitting in your seat on the computer
2: oh, um, okay
1: but the time Mm-hmm. Uh, patterns can be made in a third of the time I you see. still have to use your brain uh-huh. but you can instead of taking a physical pattern going back when you want to recreate something because patterns it they may this it may seem simple but it's not necessarily because every time you change your fabric you change you change your pattern because there's different shrinkages in different fabrics so um so you may have your base pattern, that that triangle, right? Yes. You you cut it out, uh, just cutting it. It's gonna shrink up mm-hmm. that triangle. It's gonna be smaller than your, your cut piece. So mm-hmm. then it's gonna be sewn, and then you're gonna actually put that on a person or actually maybe on a dress form and see if you like it. So now you're gonna sculpt it to the body. So before it's just an idea, it's just it's just paper, it's just, you know. But now once you put it on a dress form or a body, now you're personalizing it. You're getting it to the base size that a particular company wants. So now now we have, we have curves, right? Yes. So um, and we, it's, it's got to move and it's got to feel right on the shoulders and um, it's, it's got to fall. It's got to hang like the uh, designer wants. So right. then the pattern maker is going to go back into the computer now instead of going to that physical pattern. Go back to the computer. Well, the, de- the designers said to bring that triangle in halfway of the triangle. Now we're gonna we're gonna make a curve. We're gonna bring it in a half inch and show some indentation for the waistline. And then the suite, oh, they want it to be more full on the bottom. Then instead of going to that physical pattern, you're just gonna go right into the computer and add width at the bottom. Now oh, your man. triangle has shape. <laughs>
0: Wow, mm-hmm. and you do
1: all that through a computer? Do you do it through a special program? However, yeah, the program—the program is called Tukatech. That the company oh, okay. of the program is Tukatech, oh, and the program is TukaCAD. Yeah.
0: Oh my, that's yes. amazing! Yes. Amazing. So I would imagine you—you you probably save half
1: the, a lot of time doing it that way as well. Yes, okay. absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: and now, it, now you can take you can take that particular triangle. You may have your start point triangle. And then you have your curved shaped triangle now, but then you wash it. Okay. You're going to wash that garment and it's going to shrink even more. So (laughs) then you're going to, as a production pattern maker, then you would add width and length back to the triangle because you know it's going to shrink when it's washed.
0: Oh, I see. Look at that. So yeah, that in advance. That's good.
1: Uh huh. That yeah. is great. So take. Yeah. so it's a, lot There's a lot of testing going things. on. Yeah, and with each particular fabric, you have to test.
0: Hey, that's great. That is amazing.
1: Now, have have you in in
0: your line of work have you made garments for um people specifically that wanted us? Spe- but and I know you said you made garments for many people at your church. You clothed many people in your church. However, outside of the the church in the industry in, in, in L.A., good all the uh-huh. industry, the acting and what goes on out there. Have you actually worked or made uh, outfits or garments for any of those um, stars or mega stars and people that?
1: Well, I, I start with the first star that I, I'm the star.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: but as far as um, some of the companies that I work with, uh, you I have seen my work on television. Oh, Let's nice. just say
2: that I see. I see my
1: work on television. Oh, yeah. Good. So good. It, it wasn't necessarily by Sherlyn apparel, but those companies, um, uh, yes, I've seen my work in, in many different places and just a few, mm-hmm. what was that? Two months ago, I was just on a set of a movie, um, mm-hmm. doing, um, doing personalized alterations. So, so they had some like cat suits, uh, leotards pre-made already but then Mm -hmm. it was a uh kind of a quick production so -hmm. they had their dancers um when they was coming for the the actual shoot try on the uh the cat suits and then they had to be personalized really fast really quick on the same day that they were uh shooting the the film oh my so how so how do you deal
0: with with that type of pressure having to hurry when you said they had to be done the same day and actually you know that you're are you're around no people that are are are, are huge and with their name say coming in so maybe you've done that for many years and so it's yeah it's no, no I'm just
1: skilled I'm just skilled and um I, I acknowledge my skill set I see mm-hmm. and I just do it I see and that comes from the creator it's it's I'm gifted. For what I do. That's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean there and then in the garment industry itself, there are uh timetables to, to meet all the time. But you you know when you're going to a set uh a a, a one-day uh shooting right there on the spot, you gotta get it done. I see.
0: Mm-hmm. And you when you get it done and under the pressure that you I know it's gotta be some pressure, how how do you deal with, with I know that and you are gifted. By, by the Lord Jesus Christ for doing what you do. But then again, how do you deal with that pre- pressure have knowing that I have these governments I gotta get them done right now and, and all.
1: You, it, it, it didn't feel like pressure because I love what I do. Okay. And I'm skilled at what I do mm-hmm. uh, because I know what I'm doing. I, see. I, I can get it done it, and it doesn't, I love it. It doesn't you know, feel like pressure. And my reason for
0: asking asking mm-hmm. that because there are some men and women that are listening and that will listen to this even months from now that want to know the trade what is mm-hmm. the secret of Miss Sherlyn's trade and that is you said knowing what you know knowing it knowing mm-hmm. your your skill set and being confident therein. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes.
1: I have years, years of an ex- experience. Yes. What I'm finding now with the young designers is they have a great idea. And these mm-hmm. young people, you have to give them credit yes. um, for making things happen the way they're doing it now. They're doing mm-hmm. it totally different from how uh, me and my colleagues um, came, came into our industry. Right. They are getting their garments uh, made without the knowledge, pretty much, of the industry so they have the love for it they see what you know some star is doing and Mm -hmm. they say oh i'm gonna get that done for me so they go out they set out but it's kind of doing things backwards so when i'm speaking with them um and i'm passionate about this part right here learn your craft learn your industry Mm -hmm. know something especially our people don't go in front of these other professionals not knowing to speak the lingual of your trade learn yes. learn what you're involved in
0: yes i see i feel i feel your passion and (laughs) and and how how do they go about learning that
1: well they can take they can come to me they can take a class from me it's like Um, once the young people, uh, get connected with me, they have a resource. So, um, Mm -hmm. I, I tend to, uh, I I feel like aunt Cheryl, you know, aunt Cheryl (laughs) wanting them to succeed. I don't want to see our young people fail Mm -hmm. and I don't want to see them look like fools in in front of industry, other industry professionals. So I, that's what my training is all about. I, I, I have uh, workshops that go from sewing, learning uh, how to simple, simple, learning how to thread uh, sewing machines, learning how to handle different fabrics. Um, I go from pattern making, learning pattern making, teaching the terminology um, and the business of apparel. And then now also incorporating the Tucatec uh, pattern making.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah. So those, those classes are available for people they are. in your, yes. in your area. Mm-hmm. That, that's amazing, Absolutely.
1: And we're going to be starting some online training as well. Um, okay. some people like that hands on, but yeah. with, you know, the world that we have right now, mm-hmm. uh, and we will be able to reach more people with the technology. So there will oh, yeah. be in the future, there will be more, uh, online classes.
0: And uh, why don't you tell us where, how would someone get a hold of you if they were interested in finding out more about, about your business? And my
1: business is on uh, my website, which is www.buysherlyn.com. I'll spell that Um, B-Y-S-H-E-R-Y-L, the at sign. Wait, (laughs) what did I say? (laughs) (laughs) So it's by shirelin.com. B Y S H E R Y L L Y N dot com.
0: So, okay. Yeah. And we'll yeah. be sure and put that in the um in the link when we have the introduction there as well. So they'll okay. know how to get in contact with you. Now yes. let's go ahead and transition to speaking about senior moments. And what do we mm-hmm. mean by senior moments? I'll have Miss Cheryl... Kind of let us know.
1: Okay, so senior moments. I'm dealing. I'm dealing with my mom right now, and so um, I'm learning more about the elderly through my own personal experience. So, mother is. Um, she's dealing with dementia, and things are happening. And you kind of don't believe you're in it. Um, so when mother is um, feeling like she doesn't want to do something or she doesn't want to eat, there that super stubbornness will um, come out. And then there's there's the lockdown of I'm not giving you this information, even though she raised her daughters and I'm speaking specifically of me, my family, me and my family, mom raised her daughters to take care of ourselves. Therefore to take care of the community, therefore to take care of her later in life. Right? Yes. Well, um, things happen where I guess um, the mind shifts and when you think you have things taken care of and you find out that you don't, you find out that a lot of things are going wrong. So the dementia was kicking in and we didn't know it. We just got the, the my sisters. And I just got the diagnosis this past um, summer, but things were happening in the last five years that seemed kind of quirky, that seemed kind of um, oh, that don't seem right, mama, what? You know, and so mama was just saying she was tired. She was tired. So she wasn't paying the bills. See. Um, uh, mother let a car get repossessed that she had given us. I mean, it was going out my sister Melanie's driveway. And we're like, what?
0: What's okay. happening?
1: That's not our mother. I see. So um, uh, mother wasn't paying her taxes. Um so, mother had property. So, it's like people start, you know, you're talking to friends, and it's like, oh, this happened. And, and so, it's like other people may have had an experience. Mm-hmm. But I noticed a lot in our community, we don't post those sorts of things on social media. That's we right. kind of post only the super happy, fun things. That's right. Well, we need to help educate ourselves with these senior moments because. Yeah. The moments are, they are forgetting. I
0: see. They
1: are not remembering. They are tired and have done so much for everybody else Mm -hmm. that they sometimes let themselves go. So the moments lead the children, family members, to have to um, get in there and take care of some things. So the senior moments... um, they, they lead you to need to get that, that will, that trust, that power of attorney, get mm-hmm. those properties in the names of people who will take care of it, but yeah. still leave the a senior um, knowing that it's, it's, it's theirs, but it's in the name of people who um, care, love them. Yes. Um, we have to prepare yes. ourselves. Even when you think you're prepared, yes. my sisters and I now we we got the power of returning, we got our then our names put on the properties. We got mom's bills caught up. We're helping her pay her bills electronically. Um, we think we handle things well. When it's time to sell one of the properties, the uh, the uh, what is called escrow. People say, "Who's Juanita Ashley?" Because her name was still on the insurance. I see. Who's had to send a uh what do you call it? A um, you have to sign and put your thumbprint. Um, um notary. Be right, no, notary has to come to make sure mom's mindset is okay. Yes. Well, guess what happened? Had a senior moment. Oh my. I I I ain't doing it. Mm-hmm. I ain't out. the realtor, he could sell my house. Okay. <laughs> You find yourself in shock. You think you have taken care of some things and then there's something that throws you off. Uh-huh. So the community, we have to do as much as we can with our seniors. If you want the property and uh, everything to stay with the family, you have to do whatever you can to get the information now. Have a family meeting. Talk yes. to each other.
2: Yes. Especially
1: if some property was, belonged to the uh your parents, parents, and then they have, uh, brothers and sisters. They have siblings. Yeah. Um, have a family meeting, talk about it because our, our elders are getting older. Our elders need to be cared for and, um, respected at the same time.
0: That's right. That's right. And, and when, when you're respecting, especially your mom, cause that's your situation and she, she's being, um, having a senior moment like that the realtor came and they wanted to get things notarized. And she said, I had a senior moment. Like I ain't selling this house. I don't even know what you're talking about. When, when mm-hmm. that is going on, how do you respectfully continue to work with her in that, in that moment without. This is
1: what we did. Yes. Well, it took, it took a while. So we had a good faith estimate sent that I had mom sign a year prior um then the sisters had a family meeting with mother uh we wrote down like mother you agree that this house uh needs to be sold but mother had already put the houses in our name I see but we we were still respecting her because it was her property all those years you know mm-hmm. that we say mother is it okay to sell the property? And this is going on, that is going on. We need to do this. We need to do that. This it, would be better if we sold it. And also, would you like this particular real, realtor to sell it for you? So uh, we've had discussions. So we wrote down and dated and mother signed it. So when it came to the time, that mother had that senior moment in front of the uh, notary, notary republic. Yes. I just said, mom, remember, um, you told the realtor that he could sell the property. Well, you know what she did to me in front of the, that person? She said, I don't care about that realtor. Okay. I said, okay, mom. this is, And just asked her again, you sure? Are you positive?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: She said, no, not selling. Even though it wasn't hers anymore to sell. I still respected her enough to tell that Notary Republic, Mom said no. I see.
0: Good. We lady. have
1: to find a, a different way to go around it. Good. So lady. what was the reason that the Notary Republic really needed Mom's signature because Mom's name was on the insurance still and the escrow company wants to make sure there is no elderly abuse. I see, right. That's good. That's and good. so we, we had to go a different way and we had to talk more to mom. So she wasn't prepped enough, um, That's good. on that particular day. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I did my best to prep her, let her know that the, um, notary public was coming back. And, and do you remember this? The house, you know, those things I named, this, that, the other, and it's best to sell and it's ready. It just needs your signature. Oh yeah, baby, that's right. That's why I got the house. So uh, so you guys can, I can take care of my children.
2: Good, good. Good. (laughs) Had to
1: be reminded, refreshed constantly over, you know, I left out of the house yesterday. Mother was having a senior moment. Mm -hmm. I left out of the house, getting ready to leave the house to pick my sister up from work. So mom's like, you're leaving. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get Lisa from work and, um, and, um, make sure she had her water, make sure she had whatever she needed. Um, you're going to get Lisa from work. I'm like, yeah, be careful. Be careful. Where are you going?
2: Okay.
1: <laughs> I'm going to get Lisa from work. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, be careful out there. Yes. That dementia is kicking in, it's kicking in fast now. Yes. I swear I didn't get out the door again. Where are you going? Sure.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> and I, I'm just, I've always been patient.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, and so I just smile. I, I'm going to get Lisa from work. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> what can you do? So uh, what can you
0: do? Yes. So how how do you deal with role reversal? And you probably know what I mean when I say role reversal, meaning that your mom, you know, she's, she's four. Yeah. And she's act, you are becoming more of her caretaker when at a time in your life, she was your caretaker.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She raised us uh, because that's what independence is all about. And that's what the Hayman Scholarship Fund tries to uh, instill in the young people, because there's going to be a day when you have to take care of your parent. That's right. It's inevitable, yeah. isn't it? We're yes. We're aging.
0: Yes, it, it is,
1: and um, mm-hmm. we don't have the option to put her in a home. Uh, I mean, I have a home. Melanie has a home. Lisa has a home. Right. So when when I need a break, um, like Melanie, the oldest sister, mom's firstborn, is a school teacher. <laughs> so she had you know two three weeks off for that Christmas break. Yes, and so mom was with with Melanie during that time. Okay. And we, we all have the different roles that we take on. Lisa takes care of, of the medical. Melanie's paying the bills. Mom's here with me physically. I seem to be taking care of more of the things with the properties. Um, okay. Melanie, uh, Melanie cooks for us. She has a meal prep. It's called Melanie Mocha Meals. And so okay. the meal prep, Melanie's doing that cooking. Um, okay. That's more for lunch, dinner. Lisa brings over breakfast foods. Um, and so okay. we're working it.
0: Look at the that. Way
1: we can, mm-hmm. yes. And then it's it's not easy, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things I I show um, with mm-hmm. um, with on social media. People that knew Mom from um, her community in Fresno, California, um, now all of a sudden, you know, Miss Ashley is is not there. She's with her daughters, and this past summer we had a family trip. Mom has been asking, and and this seems to be the thing. When the seniors get a hold of this dementia gets a hold of them, yeah. um, they, seem to, they seem to want to go home, wherever I home think. was when they were a child. I and think. so we thought we were really doing something, going to drive cross country, <laughs> take mom to her birthplace, Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Okay. <laughs> as soon as we get to Pine Bluff, <laughs> mom called the police on us. Senior oh. moment. Oh my, why? Senior moment. Now I'm crying like a baby. Oh, okay. Sisters got to handle it because the police on the phone with mama, dispatch on the phone with mama. Uh Mama do not know where she is, just saying, The devil in me, I'm driving too fast. Okay. (laughs) She usually drives fast. She usually drives okay, but she's driving and the devil is in her. Okay. And this, this, we're thinking, Mama talking, you know how on our phones now we have Siri or whatever name of. uh, Yeah the theory, Okay. My sister was like, no, I don't think so. Okay. So it was actual dispatch. And oh uh, so they and when we really knew <laughs> mm-hmm. um you know on the side of the road they, they had these uh, uh low uh low um signs and it said yes. some some bridge we were over it was a church on this side and it uh, signed for a bridge and okay. so they asked mom, do you know where you are? And mom's like, Sh- like, Cheryl, where am I? And I'm just driving. And um, yeah. so I see the sign for the bridge. The dispatcher tells mama the name of the uh-huh. bridge. I see. Therefore, we were being tracked
0: oh, through my. mama's phone,
1: oh, through her my. phone.
0: Oh, my. Through the phone. Boy, yeah. boy, boy, boy. So I'm
1: driving. I'm driving. Hey. And um, I think she was triggered. Because uh-huh. yes. we were in, I did get off with, uh, we had the, uh, printed, uh, map and yeah. we had the telephones. All of us have our smartphones. Mom even had a smartphone. That's why they tracked on her phone. Okay. Um, so I missed the term, you know, I'm not, wasn't familiar with that. That area of the freeways. And so I missed the turn off. So I had to go this way. And then, you know, our phones tell us reroutes us, right, to get to the hotel where we were going. Well, we were cutting through some fields. Uh-huh. And all you could see was fields. So mother uh-huh. got triggered some kind of way with a thought that I guess that I was taking her out into the field to harm her.
0: Oh, no. Oh, so no. So she called
1: 911. Oh, my, my, my. Yeah. That was a senior moment. That was the worst senior moment of my life. Oh, boy. Yeah. So I saw the. uh, the Why was it the
0: worst senior moment?
1: Because it was the. It was. It was the. uh, It was so real. Mm -hmm. It was so. We were just going through. uh, Protest in the summertime. So now here it is. The sheriff's coming towards me. I tell the sisters. The sheriff. I see the sheriff. I'm just going to pull on over.
2: Oh, I'm a
1: black woman driving in a place I have never been I see. in a field. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. She triggered, now I'm triggered. <laughs> we <We're> all black. <laughs> we <We're> still black. <laughs> so here comes the sheriff. I just pull over, roll the window down. They come, you know, pull behind me. All you see when they're coming to you, your eye level is their gun. Oh, my. Oh, my. I'm crying. Can't even speak. Oh no. Oh no. Dispatch still on the phone. (laughs) So I got Melanie talking to dispatch and then I have the officer at saying who's, who's Juanita. And then we all pointing to mama (laughs) in the back Uh and you know, and thank God he was a decent man. Oh good. a Decent man. And then here comes another one coming a sheriff coming up Mm -hmm. behind you, you know, I'm looking in the mirror. mirror and, um, and I'm just I just see the gun. Oh, my. And so that's all you were thinking. I see the gun
0: and protests and all that has happened mm-hmm. and all of that. But yeah. thankfully, it, it ended well. Yes. yes.
1: Yes. And that that officer actually um, led us to the hotel. Oh, we were goodness. just like three, four minutes away. OK. <laughs> oh, boy. Just we got
0: rerouted. We're laughing about it now, but at the yes. moment, it was no laughing. Was at no, it was, it was awful. It was my awful. My, 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 my. Yeah. And your mom, did she just come back around out of that senior moment and kind of go back to? Oh,
1: if I asked her about it now, she was, she would tell me the same thing. So whatever's in her head is locked in there. Okay. She would tell me, oh yeah, you was driving crazy. Oh yeah, I'm you, good. you, we was lost. like, no mom, we weren't lost. Okay, okay but she thinks we were lost i see and so yeah. how how did you and your two sisters process that you know you know what you just have to take it in and kind of laugh about it get that cry out and it's like oh that that dementia um diagnosis that we just got 3 weeks prior to that incident all right even though the th- some things were happening, but we finally got mom to the doctor. We thought we would take mom to the doctors for her some new eye drops. Oh, my. We found a joke. I had a, a golf ball size lump in her breast.
0: Oh, no. Not
1: telling us because she said she didn't want to worry her daughters.
0: Oh, no. So mom
1: had cancer and she had dementia oh and my. she had her eye is half blind.
0: Oh, so we right. have to
1: tell our family what's going on with us. Yeah,
0: that's right. That's right.
1: There's no need not to worry your, your children. That's They're right. there to help you. Mm-hmm. Especially good I, I, I laughed with mom. I said, well, you had us for more than just washing dishes for you, right? We're well, yeah. we, we supposed to help you now, right? <laughs> that's right. Especially
0: good children that adult children that care. There are yeah. children, adult children that they do not care, but there are adult children that people have reared and raised, and you know what the next step is in the yeah. journey called life. And thank yeah. God for you and your two sisters that yeah. you know just what to do. Now, tell well,
1: me. You know what? It's not necessarily knowing just what to do, mm-hmm. it's taken every day at its own thing because now we have a different challenge. I now, see. mom's not eating as much. And she's asking for. A specific food that you know we really did not we didn't eat that way but we we like, okay well <laughs> mom asked for some fried chicken right
2: okay we were
1: brought up on that was every sunday right
2: yeah And well, mom
1: made the best fried chicken and uh, <laughs> my sisters can really do good fried chicken mm-hmm. well we do the mocha meals that are healthy uh whatever your issues going on in your body My sister, Melanie, uh, tries to um, have the food be um, uh, healing, healing for you. Food is supposed to be healing. So we don't cook it to death. I'm saying we don't cook. I don't cook. Right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So we don't, uh, my sister, Melanie, doesn't cook the food to death. And there's a lot of raw food and nuts. And um, so um, mothers want, you know, it's okay to want, we have tacos every week, but she wants some fried chicken. She wants a fried chicken. So so my sister Lisa thought she was doing good, right? Did yeah. some oven-baked fried chicken.
2: <laughs> oh, my. God.
1: Mama wants, she wants visually, she oh. wants it to look like it did when she was a child, I guess, you know.
0: Oh, my. And
1: uh, I was also told that sensory is important. So because okay. my sister Lisa cooked the food at her house, then brought it over, mother didn't have that aroma in the oh. house of, you know, fried chicken fresh fried chicken smell in the house yes it just makes you want to eat right well mother was disappointed and -hmm. so then melanie got her when mom was at melanie's for those weeks melanie got her some store bought and the store out here um alberson's they do really good fried chicken well now everything is too salty for mother and Mm -hmm. so then i tried to get her some fried chicken now that was too spicy too whatever so she's She's not eating as much as she should. And she in she has lost weight. And to me, she's looking frail. So it's a new thing to deal with. I How see. do we get her? And our cousin, um, cousin Sean brought, once we told her, um, because Sean cared for her elderly uh, grandmother that had dementia. I see. And um, she was blind. So Sean cared for her. So she knows a lot about, the elderly and she has a, a spirit that is for the, the children and for the elderly. So okay. when we we need somebody to talk to, we, we can call on Sean. Anyway, Sean okay. said, well, she need you know need to get some nourishment in her so they have this ensure stuff that you can drink.
0: That's right. Well,
1: it's too sweet for mom. It's okay. everything's <laughs> too sweet, too salty. Mm-hmm. And so we have this dilemma right now. What what do we do? I see, and have you? So we're gonna have to
0: find out. We're gonna have have to find out the help of a a, like a dietitian or her family doctor or someone like that. And that's the next thing.
1: So we kind of were waiting on a phone call, a doctor's uh, phone call from. She's with Kaiser. Thank God. Yes, Um, that's good. Yeah,
0: that's great. And um, your mom, your mom. You said I'm gonna save those steps that you said because there are people that are listening that are that are going through this as well. The Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes chapter number nine about those, there is nothing new under the sun. There's a time Mm -hmm. and a place for everything that's happening. And so not only is this happening to Miss Cheryl's family, it's happening to somebody else's family and Mm -hmm. it will happen to your family. Just have a few more birthdays. So the thing is, you talked about those steps and that you outlined as far as getting things lined up and in proper order. Can, mm-hmm. can you tell our listening audience, once again, the proper steps that you all took to when you began to move your mom's things over to your name and do all those things mm-hmm. and put it in place so that, you know, when the time comes, that everything will be in
1: order. So I think the first thing is actually have that family meeting, not just with one person and uh, your parents. But try to get some witness, a witness to that's maybe not a not a beneficiary in the uh, in the family uh, money property or whatever. Um, And that's got to be key. So outline what your parents parents want for themselves and for um, for their children, because their their opinion Is is it really is the most valuable opinion? Um, They have to agree to um, what's going on, and you know, we we younger people we think, okay, well, we should be able to do it this way or do it that way, and we can use technology to do this and that. Well, they may not always grasp that, so you're going to have to put some things down on paper, and so that they can really go and look at it again, see their signature. That's good, and. That doesn't have to be the computerized paper. It can be in a notepad, just something that you can grab from time to time, right? And right. pull it out. Say, "Look, Mama." I, I try not to say, "Do you remember this?" Right. I have to catch myself when I'm asking her, "Do you remember this?" Because she doesn't.
0: <laughs> she doesn't and, remember. And t- and tell me, and I I kind of know why. I'm just um, want my audience, our audience, to know why. Why would you stop yourself from saying, "Do
1: you remember this?" Because she doesn't remember. She. She she is asking me the same thing for uh, within five minutes, four times. So then when I when I go and talk about something that we did three months ago and I say, Hey mom, you remember this? And she kind of looking blank face. And then I'm like, Oh, I don't want her to feel bad oh. when I keep saying, Do you remember this? And she mm-hmm. doesn't. That's because then she's fighting with herself to try to remember. Mm-hmm. Then she gets um, uh, like frisky and uptight because she doesn't remember it and yes. therefore she she lashes out now she's
0: oh. getting mean yes getting and mean that that is what i wanted you to point out to okay to people that are listening that yeah. you didn't want to hurt mom's feelings because mm-hmm. she even though she doesn't remember she does understand to the degree that you're asking oh, yeah. her this and she can't pull that out of her cognitive at that moment and the reason that you see that uh Lashing out is behavior speaks. She doesn't have the words to say, I'm frustrated. This is just really frustrating that I can't pull the memory out and get this to you. So instead of speaking it out, she does it through behavior. Yeah. And and sounds like you all know how to deal with that and and actually turn it around. Like, I I love how you've done it. You have made sure that you catch yourself... I'm saying, yeah. do you remember this <laughs> yeah involved?
1: right so yeah. then you're just going to show it you're going to show it mm-hmm. um it's likely she will grasp her own signature you know mm-hmm. so you you just not that typed out long draft uh but just a little note little note saying this that and the other signed yeah. by the children on this date mm-hmm. you know you have that where you can pull it out and and show and then um then you do get the, the power of attorney. That's and you don't have to go to a lawyer. Um, we all have these fancy telephones. You can go to any site. Uh, you might have to pay six ninety nine dollars or something um, okay. to get that document, um, the power of attorney uh, to print it out. Mm-hmm. And a PF, what do you call it? PFD format yeah. where you can um, fill in and sign. That's and cool. um, then you have to get that notarized. If it's not notarized, then um, at least I think at least two other people have to bear witness to it, right. sign their names to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's that uh, power of attorney. That's important. Ask you one
0: question before you go, mm-hmm. board, because you and I know this, but but the some some of those that are listening may not know why. What does notarizing the document do for for oh, that? Oh,
1: um, that makes it state valid. Okay. It, you have to show your identification to the uh, notary republic. You mm-hmm. have to, they have to, your signature right, that you sign at the time that they are witnessing you sign has to match your, your ID, I your see. valid ID.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yes. Uh-huh. So that's the state stamp. I see. That it, this this is a valid document. And then now you can use this document. To give to the hospitals to give to uh even something simple as mother had a storage facility i'll get back to the things we need but mother had a storage facility that we paying the bill on every month we didn't know what was in it she didn't know what was in it our uncles didn't know what was in it but she paying on this every month and she got multiple properties that She didn't need a storage facility. So after a certain time, after we calmed down with all this kind of madness stuff, we took, we went to the storage facility. Mind you, we're taking trips. We live in Southern California, Los Angeles. We're taking trips to where mom lived every three weeks or so. Once we uh, got that, uh, found out about that cancer and and this brain. Uh, So new hospital, uh, hospital stuff on our schedule constantly. If if all three sisters couldn't go, two sisters went and took mom. And then our, other, our cousin, Sean, would go with us to take care of some of the housing things. We even had, because we needed to split up all these different responsibilities, we even had a responsibility that we gave to our, our cousin accepted to take care of some things on mom's behalf because she can talk to mom really good. Like I said, she's good with the elderly. That's great. So, um, we, uh, I lost my thought
0: about the, uh, about getting things in order as far as that, all oh, this concerned, And then yeah, and the
1: storage, the right. The storage facility, simple as a yes. storage facility, needing that notary, uh, um, notarized, um, power of attorney. Yeah. So in order for my sister Melanie to take care of that, and close out that, that bill, we mm-hmm. had to give them the power of attorney. I see. Mm-hmm. And, so power of attorney is necessary. And now if your parents have a property yeah. and they're getting enough age, um, mm-hmm. the, it's best to get the property in the children's names. Either all children, mother wanted all of our names on every single piece of property. And that's that's what we did. That's and um, she signed that. she signed that off that was notarized. And so um, I took care of that part of the business, mom's business, getting Mm -hmm. that to um, the uh, escrow company and all that. You still have to go through the proper channels to get it to the city of Fresno and and documented that now, the Heyman sisters are now the owners of the properties. Um, So if you have a property, that's really important. Yes. I want to interject
0: one thing into this, and it is that the reason that's important, listening audience, why they took that and they went through that process of signing that home over and the properties is because if and when the Lord calls their mom to transition and she didn't have that in order, they would have to go through probate court. And if you had to go through probate, it could take, it could take up to a year or maybe even more sometimes, especially with us being in COVID land, Mm -hmm. to get everything straightened around and the court would have to decide what happens
1: to that property. Yes. Yes. So right. So right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And even, even, like I said, even though we thought we had taken care of that, when it came to we had, let's see, mom sold the first property. Before we had dementia. Now the second property, now she has dementia and um just sold it uh, what month this is january three months ago so this is all fresh and new this is all fresh and new
2: um
1: but then to cover themselves the uh escrow company wanted to make sure that it was no funny business going on with children trying to take the parents property so um i like that yeah
0: it 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 brings a little more diff makes a little more difficult for you all, but it definitely protects our elders because there yes. are people out there that would take advantage of yeah. their very own loved mm-hmm. one. So yeah. hats off to that company. Not so much hats off to you all having to go through that. <laughs>
1: <episode>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that power of attorney, going back to the power of attorney, it helps with finance. Now you have to check which things that you want. Um, uh, health um um finance property something like that um so we checked all the boxes
2: <laughs> i think
1: <see. laughs> <laughs> so yeah so we're Melanie, probably, mom's yeah. firstborn is yeah. in charge of uh mom's health uh fine so banking so here we go check this out don't just in the in the senior elderly people's homes the ones Who are who have come through that um, the Great Depression or whatever that was called, or children uh, born right after? They hold on to things that you may not think is valuable. They think is valuable. That's right. So um, you you really have to get their opinion on their thoughts on if they think something is worth keeping or not, and then you have to know when it's time to throw things away. Because okay. mother had multiple properties, like I'm saying, right? And so yeah. we were going cleaning, cleaning, going cleaning, going clean, going clean. We getting worn out now. Okay. And so it's like, okay, we got to condense some of this stuff. And mm-hmm. so what's valuable to you and what is not valuable to you. That's now with when the dementia was setting in and now we know more so when it did set in because we could see we were in cleaning. We were finding paper, bags, uh, and then um, wrapped inside the paper bags things wrapped in uh, tissue mm-hmm. wrapped and inside of that was um, newspaper I see money. Oh, my. Money. money. We took <laughs> over thirteen thousand dollars that we found Did, did you really Yes
2: and wow. put it back into her.
1: And put it into her account. We found wow. money order, money orders, cashiers' checks. Remember that car I told you about that yes. was repossessed? Yeah, well, she paid for it. She <laughs> never mailed. Hey. She never.
0: My my my! Look at that! Yeah. <laughs> <It's over. Wow. laughs>
1: yeah. So we Amazing. took money back to her account, and then it's so much money has been lost. Um, we're still going through the Secretary of State or the State Controller. Where uh, they they say money you have money you hear those commercials you may have money in your name oh, yeah. yes that's real check oh. things out mm-hmm. we got money back to put back into mom's account because oh, okay. she either had uh, insurance thing insurance monies and different things sent to her some mm-hmm. things were five hundred dollars something were one hundred forty dollars she had different bank accounts that she didn't remember that she 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 didn't use them so long. Money was just sitting.
0: Oh my! Look at that. So
1: check yes. out check out what check out when you're cleaning for your parents. You just have to check. You know they used to say they put money under their uh, beds and things. Yeah, no, no, exactly. it's money everywhere. Okay, everywhere. <laughs> Be careful when cleaning. Okay. Be careful. Oh my, it's like a treasure house. Hey, it was, it was. Okay. And so now goodness. we, we're, and so when we did go taking all that money to the bank, now we got lots of money, right? I got pictures. Oh
0: my goodness. We're
1: taking it to the bank and mother's having a senior moment. Okay. It's my bank, this album talk, you know? And yeah. so my sister, Melanie, I'm standing behind. Mm-hmm. And so mama's, and they, you know, they know her. It's her credit union. They know her. So Miss Ashley. And, and so my sister Melanie is, is starting to talk about what she needs to do. And so mama's like, well, and this is another thing, a senior moment that can get you in trouble that you don't know. You know, there's recordings going on at banks everywhere.
0: That's right. Well,
1: here comes uh, some some young ladies claiming to be her daughters with the senior person right. and she all feisty like this and saying, right. what she not gonna do?
0: Right. So they don't
1: know what we up to.
0: Right, 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 right.
1: They don't know what we up to, right. but thank God we are the daughters that she raised. Right, We're there to put money back into her account that we found right. all over her house. Right.
2: Right. Just
1: so happened to be, and this was a blessing for us, mm-hmm. that mother had put Melanie's name on that account when Melanie was in college.
0: Oh, my. So
1: I looked at I looked at I said, oh, the teller was telling Melanie, well, you in order for you to do a transaction, whatever, you have to be uh, you have to put your name on the account. Well, right. I looked at the envelope and I said, <laughs> I'm trying not to speak. Right. Because I don't want to yeah. cause too much. Mama was already like this in the senior moment. Right. So I'm like, I can't I can't be saying stuff in Melanie's ear. You know, I don't want this to look like. Oh, that person is trying to get her money. Tell her what to do to get the mother's money, right? That's, that's so right. So I gave Melanie the envelope, and I, I pointed to Melanie. Her own name was already on it.
0: Look at that. Wow. Look at God. Already had it set
1: up. <laughs> had it set up. So we just were able to do online banking, oh, uh, get everything established. We're here amazing. in L.A. The bank account is, is in Fresno. We wow. take care of all the bills and everything. Amazing. Through- that. Amazing. So it's up, but it's up to the parents right now, whatever state that you are in, know right. that the future is coming.
0: That's know right. that That's your right. children
1: are going to need access to your information. Stop keeping these secrets.
0: That's right. That's right. Yeah, And do it in such a way when you approach them about it. I love the way you've done it and your sisters have done it by you're including her in the process. You're not saying I'm taking it and being dogmatic about it. And even if she's in a senior moment, you're still being kind, patient, very patient and long suffering with with her. And that's Mm -hmm. what you got to do. Even if it means you have to come back and revisit it. You might have to stop at that day and come back five days later. Yes. But that's sometimes what it's going to take. And I appreciate that. And I hope that those that are listening, that are going through this situation right now, or those that will go through it in the near future, that you will take what has been shared by Ms. Cheryl. Go ahead and listen to this podcast again and make yourself a list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You make a list, you start checking off the different yeah. things that you've got to do. Yes. And there could be even some more things that are pertaining specifically to you and your situation, right. listening audience, and put those things on there and work that list and yes. be diligent about it and love on your loved one. They just yes. you and you now can take care of them. Yes. With, with a lot of dignity. And just just love them, love them, love them, even when they have those senior moments,
1: really yes. love them. You know. Yes, absolutely. And that's the thing I give mama okay. after I administer her medicine every night, yes. you know, I make sure I give her a hug and a kiss and um, she tells me, oh, you're my baby. you my, you my <laughs> last baby. you my baby. I just, I cherish that.
0: Oh, that's so <laughs> nice. That is so nice. Now, before we end the podcast, I want you to tell us what do you do for yourself, for your own self-care?
1: Mr. Self-care?
0: Moore? Yes.
1: Well, let's see, right now during the pandemic, um, what do I do? I have a taco every week. Okay. You know what, I think, because I, I am eating the uh, healthy meals, and I, yeah. I think it's, it's, you should treat yourself. Um, oh. There are days that uh, Melanie suggests that, you know, you eat whatever, whatever you want, but don't I go see. crazy. Um, and, you know, every now and then I have some ice cream. And then, um, I, my guy and I, we go out every now and then, um, not much. If it's just go pick up some food and, and eat it together, uh, in a quiet spot, looking at a, a tree or the planes go by or something, um, you know, try not to congregate too much. I see. But, um, I keep it simple. Um, and that's, that's pretty much it right now. And well, cause yeah. my business is take also, I am mixing because i'm able to um when mom's been physically here uh over a year and so i was with my business was going into down driving into downtown los angeles and then i the company was wanting more from me and i just had to say i'm not able to give more Uh, my mother's with me now and i cannot give more so um i had to know for myself physically what i could do and um I had to make a choice. And so my mother, there is no choice. My mother is it. My yes. mother is it. So I have the flexibility with my business to, it's it's a home base now. I had to close down the commercial spot um, right before COVID. Because I, in our industry, there's trade shows and different things that happen. Yes. And people are getting sick, not coming. And it's like, what something's going on. Something's going on right at the time where I was going to, Launch one of my well, my line at a trade show. It's like, no, something's not right, and I think I better close this office down. I see, and just do it for. And next thing you know, here's our uh, stay at home orders and things. Yeah, so, um, with my business and with mom being here um, at the same location, I'm able to get her breakfast, get her breakfast, uh, done, enjoy having coffee with her, looking at the sunshine. That's, that's big (laughs) for me, relaxing. Um, and then opening my business at, at 11 Mm AM, able to come back in, check on mom if she needs anything. Um, and then, but you know, what's funny now is I guess she thinks I'm a child because, um, like my when I have most of my things sewing machines and pattern tables in my garage studio. Mother when the uh, sun went down when it became dark now she's telling me to come in the house <laughs> come on, in this house what you doing out there? Don't you know it's dangerous? I I'm in my own backyard. this is not good enough? Oh come in. <laughs> Oh boy. So, so I, I really do like to travel. You know, I like to travel, but we're not traveling now. No. We're not traveling. So, mm-hmm. I'm just enjoying um the beauty of uh I go outside, you know, I have a home, I have a backyard, I have a front yard. I I walk in my backyard, I listen to the birds, um I drink my coffee and sit sit on my patio yes. and just let the creator give me thoughts and um uh, you know What to do next. And and you know what? When you really see, when you see the birds and when you the wind and different things that you know you have no control over, you know that there is a creator. That's right. That's (laughs) right. It brings and so sunshine energizes. and energizes
0: solos. That's great. And the sunshine, you can package it and send it to Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> we, we take some at any time now. Fourteen degrees, gray outside, oh. compared to your beautiful sunshine in eighty. Yeah. Most likely, that would be that would be most appreciated. Oh
2: wow! But,
0: um, is there anything else you want to share with the audience before we? In the podcast.
1: Well, you know what? Um, I am grateful. I'm grateful that I'm here. I'm grateful that my people have survived this America. Um, we are prospering in our spirit because we know the creator is real, he keeps us. And um if we if we don't show praise to the creator Mm -hmm. and we're only praising the material things. Mm-hmm. think about the future of your life
0: that's right. what is
1: this material thing going to do for you that's right you better get some spirit filled something somewhere better know who's who and what's what that's right and, and that's... try to find out the truth you know i'm, I'm digging deep into cultural truths
2: mm-hmm. and
1: spiritual truths yeah um, related to the bible and so everybody has their own walk and so um but we all need to take care of our minds, our bodies, and our spirits. Right, that's right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. And that
0: that in itself is actually a, a, a nugget. A nugget, if you look at these Jews once mm-hmm. again, that that is a nugget, what you just said, to take oh. care of your mind, your body, and your spirits. And that in itself will produce these jewels you will come out blooming and blossoming and beautiful just like this bowl of jewels that i have here once yes. again i thank you our special guest today miss Cheryl lynn hayman owner of Cheryl lynn apparel llc fashion designer technical designer from inglewood california yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing with us today. If you would like to reach out and contact Miss Cheryl Lynn Heyman, her website, once again, is www.bysherylynn.com. Miss Cheryl Lynn Heyman, my Fictic cousin. Yay! <laughs> that I found, and I know she's gotta be because she loves education and she loves sewing. She loves helping people. Those yeah. are all those Heyman traits. So
1: okay, <laughs> you
0: have been and crafted in.
1: Thank you, thank, <laughs> thank you, you so, much. so
0: much. Thank you so much for being our special guest today. And just know that door is always welcome for you to come back again and share some more when you feel led to, okay? Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a happy, blessed new year. And may it be be prosperous for you as well. Thanks so much. Same for you all. Thank you. Bye-bye for now.